Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is made possible in part by... Perque No Pasta in Vino and Wallingford, where fresh pasta is made in-house daily, including lasagna, cannelloni, and rigatoni. Chef specials means there is always something new to try. And with over 300 bottles of wine to pair with scratch menu items, you'll experience a true Italian meal. Join Lily and David at Perque No soon. Hi, this is Jenny from Bell & Wheat in Belltown. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Stand by, we are on the digital air. Hey, I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor of Seattle Dining, and you are with the Seattle Dining Show for November, number 1611. I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher of Seattle Dining. Stand by, we are on the digital air. And our serious announcer. <laughs> you know, we're... I'm sorry if my voice sounded a little groggily because I just uh, had a really nice piece of cheesecake. I was just going to say, it's it's fall here at the Broadview Studios, and... We um, had to celebrate by having a slice of pumpkin cheesecake, because that's the kind of people we are. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, as always, we kind of like to start out by talking about places and we've been or eaten. So um, I'll go first this time. You went first last month. So, okay. Um, I was just down at Taste, the restaurant at the Seattle Art Museum. Mm-hmm. And if you follow along with them at all, they have gone through about four or five concepts. I know. I, I think I've probably missed the last four. You That's never, how long yeah. it's been since I've been down there. Yeah. And they've gone from, uh, I can't even come up with them all, but they went f- to a pretty nice kind of restaurant feel with a bar. And now they've gone very um, cafe-ish, I guess would be the way to say it. However, when we when I talked to the general manager, Kristen, Kristen White, she explained it in such a way that it actually really makes sense what they're doing. They're trying to deal with a kind of a broad demographic. You've got your museum goers. You've got people who are just downtown. You've got tourists. You've got little kids. You've got elderly. And I would only go down when it was the the free night of the month museum No, you wouldn't. I have deal. a... Well, I know. I, I went there with you a few times on your, on your yes, ticket. Yes, I have my dual membership. Yeah, but but I used to go, you know... Probably before I knew you, I would yeah. go down there on that. What was it? Free free Thursday? Yeah, or Thursday. Something? It's open late. It's yeah. open till nine. So first that might Thursday be. Or something. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who just you know work downtown or you know. So when you first walk in, there's a little grab and go case, and and through all all their different concepts, the food has always been local, seasonal, and as organic organic as possible. That mm-hmm. is still the case, and it's still the case in the grab and go thing. So, for instance, I tried some of their um, local apple applesauce. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. So, and they've got little salads in there and sandwiches. They've got cold beverages. Well, see, that's what I remember when I went there, well, like I say, was, five generations exactly. ago. I remember but them now, having the sandwiches. And- yeah, but now, then you go up to a counter. So, you can do that. Like, if you want to bop in, you work downtown, you bop in, grab a sandwich and go. Or you could grab the sandwich and eat in the dining room, or there's a terrace outside. Not out, not still inside the building, but outside the cafe. Mm-hmm. So you could buy something there and not leave, or you could go up to the counter, order 
a meal, and they've got a relatively small menu that's pretty tasty, and then go to your table and they give you a little beeper and it goes off of course when your food's ready and you go up drop it in a basket take your food and can you still get wine and so forth they have a wine and i can't remember if they had beer or not but they do have wine Mm -hmm. they are not doing spirits anymore however they can move all the partitions around and have the space for a private party and that bar is still back there okay and they've got a full liquor license so if you have a private party there you can bring in spirits okay so, anyway, I thought it was really good. They do a caramelized um, cauliflower that was very tasty. They do a flatbread. Um, they do specials that go along with the exhibit. Like right now, it's the Yves Saint Laurent designer thing. And they have cookies with one of his designs painted on the cookie. And they were doing a croque monsieur, which I'm, I'm sure pronouncing like a, an American. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so it was it was. Pretty tasty, and it's quite a white room, very white, and they've got art up now curated by the Sam Gallery. So it it makes more sense in terms of it's a restaurant and an art gallery. It's it's much more like the museum and the store, Mm -hmm. and the hours are the same. They stay open late Thursdays, otherwise they close at 5. So, you know, I think maybe they're doing a good thing, and they've got some kind of very – arty chairs that you can sit in and there's some outlets and you can sit there and have a cup of coffee and work on your laptop. Oh, you don't sit in any of those chairs from the cars that used to be hanging on the ceiling in there? Yeah, those cars are out on the sidewalk now. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> terrible. They just It's a junkyard. <laughs> so anyway, I think they're doing a good thing. I think it will attract some people and, and knowing that it's pretty decent food. Not, I wouldn't say pretty decent. It was very good food. Well, I'll have to go try it before it changes again. Yeah, exactly. So that that was my first one. And then the other Coast Cafe, I've only been to the one in Ballard. There's a couple others. There's one on Lower Queen Anne and there's one on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to go over to my mom's to watch Seahawks games. So we've been wandering over there, haven't we, to get yeah. uh, sandwiches and stuff. And last time we got Well, salads. you guys go get the sandwiches and I make the gin and tonics while you're gone. Yeah. Well, you know, there are priorities and we don't like to slow anything down, yeah. especially in the bar it's side just- of things. Appropriate usage of everybody's time. Exactly. So um, normally we get sandwiches, um, and they can be really, really messy, but they are tasty. This time you and I got salads, and they, I had the pesto vinaigrette put on it, and I thought that was very good. Well, see, I, I, did, I did the salad for two reasons. I usually get something similar to that in the sandwich, mm-hmm. but their sandwiches are really leaky. Mm-hmm. They're really moist. And I, I don't need all the bread either. So mm-hmm. I don't need the mess. I don't need the bread. So we got those chopped salads, and they were very good. Mm-hmm. And you got extra meat on yours. Yeah, I got extra extra meat and uh, oh, extra of the balsamic yeah. vinaigrette and no mess. No mess. No mess, no fuss. So that's a, that's a pretty tasty place. And then uh, just the other day I was out at Ray's Cafe – and um, I've been sort of withholding an opinion about it because the last couple times several people have gone there and I've gone there and you've gone there, it wasn't quite up to snuff. I mean, you, you expect a lot from Ray's because it's been around for so long and it's mm-hmm. always been so good. But I have to say I was really pleased yesterday. Um, I had the fish and chips and I've had them before and would not have gotten them again. And this was delicious. It was fresh fish. It was nicely cooked. Really good. Um, one person got the blackened salmon tacos, very happy with that. And the other person got a seafood salad that had some smoked salmon and smoked 
scallops on them and uh, and you know the seafood has to be good at rays because if it's not and and i think you and i have both had experiences along the way not Mm -hmm. consistently Mm -hmm. where the seafood was a little bit funky but uh that doesn't seem to be the case right now so that's good so it's a i'm happy to report that it's a great spot to go in and on one side of that upper deck they've had this for a while but they've kind of semi-enclosed it, and they've got heater lamps up there. Yeah. So we were out there yesterday, and it was probably 55 degrees, and we were sitting outside. They have blankets on oh, the really? chairs. Yeah, the, the heater's nice. on, and you can wrap your legs up in a blanket. And huh, kind of like Maggie good. Bluffs. Yeah, so you're nice. right there on the water, and it's lovely. Do they have the Technicolor blankets or just like a particular color? They are like a dark blue with a little Ray's bird on oh, it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, those ones at Maggie Bluffs, I mean, I think you had the, the super high-vis orange yeah. one and I had the super high-vis green one. Yeah. And we were having a tropical frog festival. And we looked so good and wrapped up in them that we used it for our Christmas card that year. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. Can't say too much bad about that. How about you? Where have you been? Uh, I uh, recently... Had dinner up at Hills in Shoreline, which is kind of a favorite of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I was a little disappointed. Um, we got in there. They cut the happy hour off at 5 o'clock. We, we sat in our seats at like 4.48, and uh, the person at the bar didn't even give us the time of day until 5.01, <laughs> and then uh, it was too late to order happy yeah. hour. So missed out on that. I would have had those nice little Vietnamese beef skewers yeah. with the slaw. Yeah. Uh, and then um, what else happened there? You didn't like the chicken on your salad. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about the chicken. So yeah, I've been kind of on a salad kick, as you can tell. Trying to get ready for for the holidays. Maybe I could drop a few pounds before the holidays. Yeah, we better start walking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wasn't crazy about that. And then I noticed on his dinerware that he had three servings left of the cheesecake, the pumpkin cheesecake. Yes, that's what started this uh, odyssey. See? Yeah, that's where I said I was going to talk about this in a minute. Um, so uh, I, I asked him, I said, hey, can you make sure you put one of those aside for me? He goes, you bet I will. Put it aside right now. And he keyed it in on my tab and all. And uh, so I got all done with what I was going to eat of the chicken salad and said, okay, I'm ready for that cheesecake now. And he came out and said, oh, I'm sorry, we're, we're, the number's wrong in the computer. We don't have any left. And Have you ever heart, seen a grown man cry? Was yeah, my sad. heart went, <laughs> like I was in some Charlie Brown movie or something. <laughs> you did not look happy. So... Uh, so I said, well, we're all done here, and I didn't have any more wine or anything. We got in the car, and uh, I said, kind of go to Central Market. I think we can find some pumpkin cheesecake there. <laughs> and uh, and you bought me a whole pumpkin cheesecake from Chuckanut, and I just love the Chuckanut cheesecake. They so. are so good. They are so good. We did a story about them one time. They're, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of yeah. a family company. Yeah. and they are, uh, We should do a new one called Cheesecake Morning, Noon, and Night. Hey. There's nothing wrong with that. I can't see a thing wrong with that. <laughs> wow. Maybe we'll have them on the show because they might bring us a cheesecake. So we'll Ooh. wait until we finish this one, and then we'll invite them yeah. in to come. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So uh, that's my Hill story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> um, where else did I I went to Cafe Veloce, and uh, they just did a knockout job the other night. 
we had a group of, what do we have, 30 people? Yeah, about 30 people. 30 people in there. We were doing the awards for our, our motorcycle magazine, and uh, never a glitch in the service. Um, always uh, a nice selection of wines. In fact, the following Monday, she did a, uh, a wine flight of Lacole. Yeah, that's right. You could get a wine flight of white or a wine flight of red. Yeah. So she's always um, working that. And that was that was a Sunday? Was that well, Sunday? we went on Sunday, and okay. the wine flight deal was on yeah. Mondays, and I think she's doing kind of wine specials every Monday. Yeah, because it was $10 off a bottle. Yeah. And their prices, bottle yeah, prices no, that were was reasonable. Sunday, it was $10 That's off a saying, bottle. Yeah. When we were there Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a nice bottle of Viognier for 25 bucks. Yeah. And it was local. Yeah. Nice. It was nice. Food was good, and uh, everybody was happy. And I highly recommend, if you haven't been to uh, Cafe Veloce in Kirkland, uh, make a point to go there soon. Preferably, if you live in Seattle, go on like a Sunday when it's yeah. not so crazy on the freeway. And uh, despite my misgivings... Tom made us go out there on Sunday, the day of the killer storm. Yeah, the that killer didn't storm. The one Watch I knew out I was going to. The gonna, killer storm. Oh, I wouldn't even leave my car outside my garage. There was there was unhappiness everywhere, and then it didn't even hit. So yeah, it was a little breezy when we walked out and got back in the car yeah. to leave. Yeah, we actually did get wet in that yeah. four foot space. But that was that, that was our four minute monsoon. Yeah. Uh, and another place that uh, I recently ate at, and you went there with me, was uh, formerly known as Build-A-Burger, formerly known as the Bridge Cafe. Ballard Bridge Cafe, yeah. Now known as the Egg and Us. And if you're looking for something to write home about, if you're looking for a fresh new place, skip this one. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's just. Uh, frankly, I just thought it was greasy spoon diner food. I really did. And you know, it's a nice building, and and uh, I guess you know, there's that whole new uh, wetland across the street. Yeah, that that a lot of the ducks were having a heck of a good time. <laughs> it's not really supposed to be a wetland, but you know, when you don't build, when you dig down, and then don't do anything with your property. I had the corned beef hash, and there was a lot of fat in the in with the corned beef. Um, and it wasn't a milled down corned beef; it was the chunky type. And you had a tuna sandwich. Yeah, tuna melt. It was pretty good. And then it had a salad on it, which I thought was pretty nice. And it had a good dressing. It was a raspberry vinaigrette. And we're about three hours after it, so we don't really have the total official report yet. <laughs> um, I will say it was – when we got there, it was not very busy. And it still took them 30 minutes to get 30 minutes food. to get our food to us, yeah. So that was a little iffy. So I don't know, you know. So take your laptop. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. For me, that I would not go try it again. It's just not going to be like I'm going to make a point of getting there again. But if I happen to be in the neighborhood, you know, I'd say, oh, sure, we can go there and try it again. I I need something that draws me back flavor-wise. Yeah, and we didn't have it today, but all right. So that's the story of where we've been eating out. Yeah, And, and that leads us to kind of our monthly topic. This one is about proteins coming out of the kitchen undercooked or not cooked to guest specification. And that's been happening a lot for Tom. I tend to like my meat medium rare. He likes things a little more done. And I'm telling you, it's hard to find. People won't do it for you. Yeah, I like it either pink or cooked all the way through. So uh, I had experience, went to uh, restaurant A yes. and uh, ordered the burger. And it came and uh, got into it, and it was raw inside the middle. And this was after you'd asked for it to be medium. Well, at that restaurant, they always... They just 
they they cook it medium if you don't tell them otherwise. Oh, okay. So I expected that, and mm-hmm. I said to the server, "Hey, now what's the temperature you do if I don't order if I don't specify?" And he said, "Medium." And I said, "Well, that's what I thought. Here, look." And there's you know raw raw meat. I uh, went to restaurant B about a week later. Different restaurant now. Hey, by the way, if you want to know the name of these restaurants, just get on Facebook and, and ask us to tell you, and we will tell you the name of the restaurants. Just put a post up on our Facebook page. Nice. So uh, so Restaurant B um, ordered the burger, grass-fed burger, $17, another buck for cheese. Oh, my goodness. And more if you wanted bacon on it. So you could have made yourself a $20 burger that night. Um, anyways, um, oh, we've got cats around now. but. They're- Apparently, it's okay. they're not happy about this protein story. <laughs> so uh, I bite into the burger. It's raw inside. And I, you know, I don't want to have this argument all the time with people. So I just called up and said, hey, can, can you bring me my check? I got to go. And I came home, had a couple snacks. Uh, but the sad thing was when I got up in the morning, I flossed my teeth. Oh. And then there was red meat in my sink, raw red meat in my sink. And I thought, wow, that's like that'll, not a good thing. That'll teach you to wait until morning <clears throat> to floss, mister. So uh, I guess what I'm going to do is every time I order a burger when I'm out, I'm going to tell them I want it cooked all the way through. Yeah. And we'll see where that goes. Uh, however, there is Restaurant C, which was me cooking you grass-fed burgers yes. last night. Yes. And I blew it. I had the instant read thermometer. I saw what was going on, but everything else on the grill was burning up, so I just pulled off all the buns, and the cheese was yeah. already melted. I blew it. So uh, It was a know. thicker burger than the other two. So it that's- was. And, you know, when you cook a burger, if you want to get it, cooked a little quicker on a thick burger like a third pound patty uh, just push a dimple in the center with your thumb that will really help a lot and we didn't have dimples in there this time is that your dining in tip Ooh. well i guess i don't have anything to do in the last part of the show yeah you're you're done i'll come up with something else (laughs) so that's my story about protein there was a cooked there was a restaurant d where we each got different burgers. Was yours cooked to your specification? I don't know when this was. This was on Sunday night, downtown. Uh, Second time we'd been there. Yeah, that one was, that one was cooked, wasn't okay. it? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think you said I not I didn't, I didn't say anything. So, yeah. so yeah. Restaurant D cooked it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And the reason I say to guess specification is that you see a lot of... Uh, I, in the business, I've heard a lot of people say, as a chef, if you cook it, a steak or something beyond a certain level, it just doesn't taste good and it's tough and it reflects badly on the restaurant. But if a guest wants it that way. Exactly. You know. Exactly. A, and I think the health department kind of – I don't know if, it's, if this is a, a rule or if they just encourage restaurants when you're cooking things like hamburger, mm-hmm. uh, you cook it all the way through. Yeah, Unless I think they, the customer asks otherwise. They, they probably generally frown on actually raw meat going out to the table. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's not good. Could be could be making that up. It was I, my burger tartare. Yeah, see that also, that's all they have to do is call it burger tartare, and then they're clear. <laughs> I like it. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at some latest tidbits from our news bites file. <laughs> 
Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Paragon Bar and Grill, your Upper Queen Anne destination for lunch, teeny time, evening entertainment, and weekend brunch. For two decades, the Paragon has served as the go-to neighborhood location while welcoming others from all over the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Visit them online today at ParagonSeattle.com. This is Christian from Traveri Cellars in Yakima, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. My name is Jordan from Twin Falls, Idaho, and I had an amazing food experience at Toulouse Petit. Welcome back, everybody, to the Seattle Dining Show. I am Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, our senior editor. Say hello, Connie. Hello. And uh, we are going to get into a little bit of news bites and tell you some inside scoops on what's going on around town in the dining world. All right. You know, our first one is about the Hollywood Tavern out in Woodenville. And I have to honestly say, I don't really care about this stuff, uh, national stuff but if it's you you know it's a big deal so the food network in one of their you know looking for something to talk about things decided to go across the country and find the best philly cheesesteaks outside of philly and the hollywood tavern received national acclaim for their ribeye cheesesteak so you know when i first read this i was a little concerned because i thought it said they were getting national acclaim for their ribeye cheesecake oh a pumpkin mm. ribeye cheesecake. Yum. Make sure you cook the ri- ribeye all the way through first. Yeah, otherwise Tom won't eat it. <laughs> you will not be seeing him at your dessert bar. Um, we like to throw in things from across the state, too. And over in Lake Chelan is Siren Song Winery. And they are doing a Seahawks fanfare Sunday. They do it every game day when it's on TV. Um, there is food there, there's wine, they've got a 70-inch TV screen, and then you can just sit there and enjoy the game with like-minded people screaming and shouting and enjoying some good food and wine. Now, this might be one of those situations. I, I always like to find the sports bars that don't have a lot of people in them. Yeah. Like, I remember um, when I lived in Pasadena when there was a big sport event on TV, I would go to McCormick and Schmick's ah. because there wasn't a lot of people in there who gave a hoot about that. Yeah. And so it wasn't loud and noisy, and maybe this is uh, yeah. a, a good reason to escape Seattle, go to Chelan, and enjoy the game. Exactly. Very fun. And fun to just stumble on if you're over there for some other reason and, you know, it happens to be a game day. Head over there. Now, Lisa Dupar and company are doing their Thanksgiving Turkey A-Go-Go, which I happen to love the name because, you know, it's it's they'll cook it for you, you take it to go. But I'm also thinking, I'm just going to say it before you do, I'm wondering if Lisa wears white go-go boots while she's cooking. Well, I, I, I read this one and I thought, oh, my God, is there like a bunch of turkeys like in there like shaking it, maybe? <laughs> shaking that tail? You know, that would be before the cooking portion, so they'd have a just a, a brief moment of having a good time. And nobody ever said the term, grab them by the waddle, right? <laughs> no, because that's just a really unfortunate visual thing. In any case, now that we've ruined it for her, uh, they're doing 
turkey sides, pies, wine, um, and you have to order by the end of November 17th. If you do a uh, amount for six guests, it's $330. they will go all the way up to 14 guests for $770. So that's, uh, if I do my math right here, I think it's 55 bucks a person, right? I don't know. I didn't figure that out, but that's not unreasonable, really, for no. the quality of food that Lisa does. So Yeah, and you're getting turkeys and pies sides. and wine. You must be getting sides. The wine is separate. You're not getting that in that oh, yeah, amount, okay. you know, but you can buy wine from you them. You could stop off at Cafe Veloce and pick yourself up a six-pack. <laughs> so the next item, which is very interesting, is Bruce and Sarah Naftali. Now, they are the ones who had – where. Of course, I'm blanking on the name, but they're where Brimmer and Heel Tap is now. They were there for years and years and years. And they uh, retired, which is why they got out of that space. And now they're starting up a restaurant and bar. So the restaurant's going to be called Marmite and the bar Spirit in the Bottle. They're looking at hopefully December. It's going into Chop House Row, where the Chop Shop space was from Erica. So it'll be very interesting to see what they come up with because they are really great at doing this. What's a Marmite? You know, is it it's something you have to a, tent the restaurant for? No, or? it's not a bug. It's actually a, um, is it a sauce or a, it's a French, um, a French something I'm not sharing with you right now. Okay. Because and, I don't and it's, know. It's, uh, it's something you do when you're tired of being retired. Yes. You, you do the Marmite. You do the Marmite and you head and right back out. You shake it. <laughs> Now, Vong Locke, who did Portage on Queen Anne, which is gone, and Pig and Whistle in uh, Greenwood, which is gone, and Pomerol, which is not gone, is opening China Pie. And it's going to be pizza, but he's doing pizza like with fish sauce, caramel, pork belly, and egg. It's going to be not your normal pizza. And then they'll do dumplings, salads. So it's going to be interesting, and it's right next, I believe, right next door to Pomerol. It's at 125 North 36th. Is that Fremont? I believe so, yes. Yeah. 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 Right in the heart of Fremont, actually. Right in the heart of Fremont. Now, for those of you who know Sharon Fillingham, she has done a number of restaurants, including on Queen Anne, La Reve, which she's out of, but she helped start that, and Grub, which she closed down, and it was purchased by the people who have Bounty. And she had kind of said Grub might be the last one she did, but apparently she still got it in her because she's opening Bite Box on McGraw, Upper Queen Anne again, coming at the end of – well, by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be open. It's going to open toward the end of October. It'll be a breakfast and lunch place and fast casual. Well, I always like La Rev, Yeah. But I think it's part of why I can't keep my weight down. <laughs> it is those – the blueberry – Ones you love. Are we going to talk about the Taqueria Cantina, or did we? You're going to you're going to talk about Iceland. Iceland. Well, it's over. Yes, it is. But um, we were it, we were talking about it because it was at the Carlisle Room, um, and they did a dinner serve uh, series with Icelandic chefs. It is over, but they'll be back next year. They do it every year. Okay. So. Yeah. So the real story behind that is they did this Iceland natural natural Iceland naturally. In the middle of October to Carlisle Room, we got a media invite. I said I would go, and then I blew it <laughs> and didn't go. You didn't go. I felt horrible. Put my tail between my legs the next morning and called up the publicist and said, I really apologize. And she says, hey, we'll be back next year. Yep. So 
Put it on your calendar, middle of October, Iceland naturally at the Carlisle Room. Well, they don't, I don't know that they'll be back there again. They've done it at different places before. And oh, this okay. time there was actually a free concert um, at Numo's because this was a, like a three-day thing. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, they're, they're doing some really interesting things to get people interested. So, mm. Now, I don't know much about this. All I know is I drove by and it said, Taqueria Cantina coming soon. But this is taking over the old Lucky Diner spot in Belltown. And Justin Mevs owned that. I haven't spoken with him, so I don't know what the scoop is. But he's actually the executive chef at the Lobster Shop. So, so he's not too focused on he's not focused being on. at Belltown. Yeah, exactly. And I think, oh, no, we were going to do the, this is our last one, Tutabella, which is a lovely uh, Neapolitan pizza place run by Joe, owned by Joe, who does a great job. Um, They are now doing happy hour twice a day, every day. So every day of the week from 3 to 6 and 9 to close, you can get little pizzettas and bruschetta and cocktails for $8. And you can get those at the bar and in the restaurant. A lot of happy hours are, you know, bar only. Yeah, so you can get it throughout the restaurant here. And I'm looking at a picture of a pizza here with some pancetta. It looks like green olives, maybe some kale. And is that a fried egg right in the middle that I, I see? I believe it is. Yes, Lordy I do. Lordy pie. Yep, that's one of the new boys. It's called the Lordy pie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if other people know that phrase. I had never heard Lordy pie till I met that's you. That's because I made it up. Oh, yeah. that's why that is. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, Warren Zevon made up Kookaboo, and I made up Lordy pie. <laughs> So, all right. Well, I know you're having so much fun listening to our cackle here, so we'll be right back with some calendar highlights for November in just a moment. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Jenny from King Estate Winery in Eugene, Oregon, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Nathan Decker from Zilla, Washington. If you're ever in the area, you should stop by El Portan, located uh, at the exit in Zilla. It's a great Mexican restaurant. You're here with me, Connie Adams, and you, Tom Marin, and all of the rest of us. Um, and we are back to talk about calendar highlights. What's happening in November? Well, as you might imagine, ultimately, many turkeys will die. Yeah. We don't, we don't really like to go into the We'll details. get to that in a moment. Um, so on, on the third, there's a Long Shadows Winemaker Dinner. At the World Trade Center. And uh, In you should contact the concierge for more information on that, according <laughs> to what we got. But Connie did some digging on it, and it's $165. Yes, if you're a member, I don't know who's a member of the World Trade Center, but it's 145 for them. Well, it's probably the traders. 
Okay, um, and so the Long Shadows people are going to make a, a, a couple-of-day trip out of this because on the 4th, they're also doing a dinner at uh, Russell's out in Bothell. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about Russell's last time on the show, what a lovely place it is. This one's going to be $125 per person. You know the food's going to be good. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you take me out for that, Connie? I think you should. Oh, oh yeah. I, I've got, you know, by the time we get through, 300 bucks, no problem. <laughs> or you could take me up to Semiamu Resort Golf and Spa for the Stag's Leap Winery Vintner Dinner. Um, that will be great. That's going to be 150 per person. And if we do the overnight stay, it's only 459 for the two of us. So, I mean, I think that... Is that for two? Yeah, that's for two. So it's 100, 150, so that's 300 bucks, and then 159 for the overnight. That's pretty good, except I don't play golf. Yeah, but there's the spa. And, oh, and that's yeah. And you want to make me happy. This is about me. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> but, nonetheless, that would be great. Uh, we've talked about Semi-Amu before. We like it up there. It's a really beautiful spot, and that would be a great dinner. Well, this one's right up my alley. Shuck, yeah! It's Salty Seafood Grills. <laughs> Don't miss your opportunity to feast on local seasonal oysters, mussels, and clams. Everything you love. Everything a bivalve, non-bivalve guy <laughs> likes. So you know I'm going to be making my way over. But you know what? The good thing is I'm not going, which means there will be more food for everybody else yes. to eat. The good news is you could go and have seafood paella because that's the kind of paella you like too. Yeah. I just love that seafood paella. <laughs> He will only eat meat paella. Yep. Tara. Uh, okay, so this is, this is 70 bucks a person. It does not include service charge or tax. But it does include the all-you-can-eat buffet. So yeah. it's got the Caesar salad, chowder, the paella, surf clams, and linguine. I never had a bad buffet at Salty's, i got to say. Have you ever had a buffet? Oh, no, of course. Oh, Sunday yeah. buffets, yeah. The Sunday uh, buffet? Weekend buffets, yeah. Mm. Yep. Awesome stuff. I'll tell you. So that's the shuck, Yeah. Now, the Jay Bookwalter Wine Dinner, there's a lot of wine dinners in November. This one's taking, at the fireside, taking place at the fireside over at Port Ludlow, and John Bookwalter himself will be there. Um, Dan, Chef Dan, we just love, so you know that's going to be a great dinner. Um, it's going to be a light reception, a little dedication of the tiny library, and a seven-course dinner for 95 per person, plus tax and gratuity. They're always pretty reasonable. Seven courses for $95. Yeah, that means you're going to get probably seven sips of, of some Bookwalter yeah. wine, which is always really good. Yeah. All so. right. You're going to take us on to November 10th. You know, we, I don't think I've been saying dates here either. That, uh, um, that was on the 4th. Everything the fourth. we've been talking about has been on the 3rd and 4th okay. so far. All right. So now we're heading into November 10th. Okay. November 10th is a uh, – what am I doing here? The Page, Page Sellers Wine uh, a wine Dinner. Can you imagine that? that again, November. Another wine dinner. Apparently. So uh, there's a lot of hyperbole here about Jim Page built a winery in the air. Have you ever counted how many Jim Pages there are? I was going to say, are we sure he's not the musician? Yes, yeah, it's the Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. It's the Jim Page who plays guitar down in the market. And now we got Jim Page, the guy who builds wineries in the mm. air, whatever that means. So uh, anyhow, uh, this is happening also at Russell's. And uh, $85 a person. Dinner starts at 7. Don't miss it. 
You know, last month we were talking about Russell's and whether it included tax and gratuity or not, and I was saying kind of in the past he's that price has included all that. And then I found out it was not included. So I'm going to say when we say $85 per person for this dinner, assume there's yeah. tax and gratuity on top yeah. of it. Yeah. All right. Now, so you're looking at 115 120 bucks by the time yeah. you go out. And, you know, again, Port Ludlow, another great place to spend the night. So oh, no, the, this is at Russell's. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. Russell's. Sorry, I'm too back now. On the 11th, there's the Olympic... Liar. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's just what I say. It's not what I do. The Olympic Peninsula Wine and Cider Harvest Tour is happening on the 11th. Um, and it goes through the 13th, actually, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's nine artisan wineries and cideries all on the peninsula in the towns of Chimicum, Nordland, Port Townsend, Squim, and Port Angeles. So you can come out, enjoy some seasonal treats, special discounts, and new releases. Online, you can get your tickets for $35. You can get them for 40 at the door. It's info at olympicpeninsulawineries.org. Chimicum, home of the egg and I. That's right. We had that discussion after the Egg and Us restaurant. The Egg and I book was written in 1945 by a woman who got married and had to learn how to run a chicken farm. And there's a road in Chimicum called the Egg and I Road, which is probably where the chicken farm was. You know, I think it's fascinating (coughs) what an educational show we produce each month. (laughs) All right. We got uh, on the 12th of November, we got the Holiday Wine Festival and Holiday Stuffing King slash queen. Yes. Somebody is going to be the stuffing king or queen. Oh, oh! I thought you were like stuffing your mattress full of holiday food or something. Hey, you know, that's not a bad idea. Mm, I kind of like that. I think it is a bad idea. You wake up, you're a little peckish, you just have to reach in and grab a little snack. (laughs) When you get up in the morning and you say, I'm dressing, you're not even getting out of bed. You know, I was reading about this, so let me jump in here. Okay. there apparently is a holiday wine fest that goes on every year. I did not know about it. This is the 2016 version, obviously, and there and it goes from um, it's Saturday and Sunday, November 12th to 13th, at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. This year, they are adding this holiday stuffing contest, so local chefs can um, sign up to make their famous stuffing, and then. Um, there will be a competition, and uh, there's a celebrity tasting panel, and then the attendee voting. So if you go to this, you can try these stuffings, and you can vote for your favorite one. Now, at the event itself, there are food samplings, artisan vendors. There are uh, international wines, local spirits, ciders, beers. So lots going on, and um, you can go on Saturday for $40. Uh, let's see, that's... I don't know why that's in there twice. Oh, in the evening, if you go in the evening. If you go noon to 4, it's $40. If you go 5 to 9, it's $45. My guess is they think people are drinking more then. Or maybe eating more. That's true. And then on Sunday from noon to 4, it's $40. So it might be kind of a fun thing. Sounds interesting. Yeah. This one sounds kind of interesting. This will be on November 16th, the number six cider dinner at Casper's. <clears throat> they will be matching uh, six of the delicious ciders from the local cider house number six in Inner Bay with delectable food from Chef Casper. And you know it is delectable. <clears throat> now, 
I'm guessing since it's a dinner and they're going to be pairing six ciders, it's probably going to have six courses, right? You'd think. So it's got kind of like that really um, uh, kind of 666 thing going Ooh. on, you know, sign of the devil. And I'm huh? just saying it's the 16th at 630. Yeah. And do you know Casper's address? It's 3656. <laughs> what the heck's going on here? We did a story on, on Number Six Cider. I don't know if you recall that or not, but I, I found those guys very interesting. And number Six, Number Six, Number Six. Number six. <laughs> oh, that was an old Beatles album. Okay, now, um, just a little note before we get into Thanksgiving here. Um, we're cutting this show just ahead of November. We don't have all the Thanksgiving dinners up yet online. So uh, if you're looking for places to go for Thanksgiving, you're going to want to run back to our calendar at, at seattledining.com backslash calendar and uh, check the calendar for all the latest and greatest Thanksgiving things. But, Connie, you've got like a, a five-part thing here to tell us I'll about. I'll just run through the whole Thanksgiving thing really quickly. We are just talking about Casper's and and like Lisa Dupar, Casper is saying, leave the holiday cooking to us. You can pick your dinner up from Casper's um, on the morning of your choice, November 23rd or 24th, between 10 and noon. And then um, each dinner includes turkey, gravy, vegetable stuffing, mashed potatoes, baked bread, a pie, how to, easy how to serve instructions. Uh, you could add an extra pie or a bottle of red or white of their wine for $20 each. Make a sweet potato martini. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Get it, Or you could get it right out of your mattress. You don't know. <laughs> anyway, so he's doing that as well. And then Waterways Cruises is doing a Thanksgiving day and dinner. Uh, so you get on the yacht with a gourmet buffet of traditional holiday selections, all the fabulous views as you go around the water around Seattle. Um, that would be a very fun thing to do. It's a um, two-and-a-half-hour cruise on Lake Union and Lake Washington, champagne or sparkling cider toast, uh, your own private table, the buffet, full-service bar for the purchase of specialty cocktails, wine, beer, and non-alcoholic beverages. And they won't have any live turkeys running loose on the boat for two-and-a-half hours, will they? No, they will not, because turkeys do not really like water because they're kind of foolish, and they will look up and drown if it's raining. I've huh. actually heard this, so, huh. you know. And then back to Port Ludlow and the Fireside. They're doing um, Thanksgiving also. It's a four-course meal with a twist. So international, in, oops, intentional leftovers is what you're going to go home with, which is nice. Um, $59 per person with optional wine pairings for 12 If you're Canadian, it would be international intentional yes. leftovers. <laughs> international intentional. I read as well as I speak. Also, for nine, your kids can come for $19, which is pretty good, kids from 6 to 12. Now, the, the one that Tom was kind of mentioning is that Tulalip um, Resort Casino is totally going all out for Thanksgiving. Like, no matter where you are in a casino, you're going to get a Thanksgiving meal. I think you maybe should not eat at the slot machines, but that's about it. Um, Tulalip Bay, which is a very nice restaurant, is is doing a slow-roasted turkey roulade, wild boar bacon and maple vinaigrette and sage-cured, you know, on and on. It's going to be lovely, very high-end. Um, that is, wow, that special dinner pricing is $40 per person. Plus nice. tax and gratuity. So that is pretty darn reasonable at a very nice restaurant. And then their Blackfish restaurant, which is nice but a little more casual, 
is doing an apple smoked roast turkey with hazelnut sausage stuffing and a bunch of everything else. Um, 31 per person plus sales wow. tax. Um, both of these have little ads on. You can get the special pumpkin flan for $8 here. So that even though they're all oh. at the same place, they're all doing different menus. Yeah. Then they also have the Draft Sports Bar Grill and Bar. And that is doing a classic dinner special of smoked turkey pot pie with a sweet potato biscuit top. Cranberry apple salad, $15. Um, the regular menu is also available. Then Cedar's Cafe, which is very cash. Probably get a turkey sandwich on the regular menu, huh? Ro- yeah. But at the Cedar's Cafe, you can get roasted turkey carved to order with champagne cranberry sauce, scratch-made sa- sage andouille stuffing, and a vegetable medley. Um, that's eighteen ninety-five. So good deals of bounty yeah. in a tomato. And there's also a prime rib there too. So, and then you can even go to the Eagles Buffet. So it's like you no, know, like Tom said, no matter where you are, just walk in the door and you're going to be stuffed. Yeah, if you need to eat when you're there, they will have turkey. They are going to take you. care of you. So that's the scoop. And as Tom mentioned, there will be more Thanksgiving things coming up. I'm sure as we hear from people. Okay, we got a uh, special interview coming up next here. Hold on tight. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Trellis Restaurant at the Eathman Hotel in Kirkland. Enjoy fine dining all day long, seven days a week at Trellis, an Eastside favorite. Hi, this is Tony from Mantle and Cellars, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, I'm Scott McLean from Walla Walla, Washington. One of my favorite places to eat in Seattle is the Wild Ginger Restaurant. We are back with the Seattle Dining Show. I'm the publisher, Tom Marin. I'm here with Connie Adams, and we have a very special interview coming up. But before we get it started, I just want to let you guys know, um, I may say some things, and probably I won't apologize for them. Like if I call either of you a nasty woman, <laughs> or uh, if I tell you that this interview is rigged, you know, just things might happen, so don't mind me if I... Uh, <laughs> If I just start blurting things out. We're just going to ignore you. (laughs) Hi, I'm here with Jill Petrie, who is the Director of Events at Blue Ribbon Cooking School. Jill, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Now, you've been there five years, you said? That's correct. Okay. What I kind of wanted to do was talk a little bit about the history of the company. Great. Tom and I had met Mike and Virginia years ago, and we have been down there and um, done some things with them, and, and we're at a team building thing one time, which was very fun. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the highlights for me, because it was Seattle Dining, was that we were talking to people who were there for the team building thing, and it was Microsoft. Right. And we started talking to a guy from South Africa, and he'd been using Seattle Dining because he knew he was coming Uh to Seattle and then going to do this team building thing, and he thought he'd use it. So it was like, wow, South Africa, that's so cool. Totally true. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, uh, you know, the... Where we where we pull from? I mean, there are people who travel all over the place for for their companies that are here for events and parties yeah. and and retreats, and they end up at Blue Ribbon as a for a team building event. And yeah, it's it's amazing to 
get to see all these different people from all over. Oh, yeah. Well, give me a little history. Mike and Virginia started it, and they're a married couple. Yes. And let's talk about their background, because that's why they're so good at this. Exactly. Yeah. So Mike and Virginia actually started Blue Ribbon Cooking in 1995 in their own home uh, up Mm. on Capitol Hill. Um, And they were doing cooking classes out of their home. They had both uh, gone to culinary school, had a love for for cooking. Mm -hmm. And so they started the school out of their home and they really wanted to focus this school on entertaining and having these classes really feel just like family, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, sharing a meal together. uh, The kitchen was really the center focal point of, Mm -hmm. uh, of the, of the meal. So that's kind of how the, the cooking school started. And after about 10 years of doing the the school out of their own home, they moved to a location on East Lake Union, which is beautiful, which is gorgeous. We're right over the water. We have a view of Gasworks park. Um, it's a pretty cool spot. Yes. Um, and so we've been there for about 12 years. Formerly known as Azteca. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also the Hungry Tortoise. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then actually, before they took it, wasn't it... Um, gosh, I went down there and talked to somebody about healthy foods. It was Swedish or... Greek. It's a Greek place. A guy named Med owned it. And oh, okay. I can't remember the name. Something Olive, but... That's yeah. a piece of history I didn't know. Yeah. I remember d- being down there and talking to someone about mm. heart-healthy foods. Hmm. You're right. It was like a consulting company or something. Or something. It had something to do with Swedish or UW oh, or something. Yeah. And all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the space is amazing. It's such a cool little hidden yeah. spot. We're in a residential area, but uh, we're right on the yeah. water. So we've been there for a while. Yeah, 12 years. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that. And the other thing that's nice about that is that you do have outdoor space. So Mm -hmm. if you're doing like a barbecue class in the summer, you could be barbecuing on the deck on the water. Yep. So that's lovely. Yeah. Very unique spot. Yeah. Um, Now, how did Vanessa get into it? Vanessa is their daughter. Yeah, it's actually a really fun story. Vanessa is the director of the company. She oversees kind of the day-to-day operations now. Um, Mike and Virginia took a trip to Italy. They decided they were going to go spend a couple of weeks and, and go around Italy. And uh, they left. Yeah. And eat, <laughs> right? What you do when you go there. Uh, they left Vanessa in charge and they called her from Italy and said, we're not coming back. <gasps> oh, God. Uh, you're in charge now. And eventually Mike and Virginia did come back, but uh, Vanessa did take over the business and has mm-hmm. been uh, doing the day-to-day operations and um, has really expanded the, the, uh, the scope of what Blue Ribbon really does. Oh, that's in great. In terms of cooking classes. So it was a good move on their part. Absolutely. I wonder if she wouldn't have done it if they hadn't said we're not coming back. You know, I have a feeling it probably would have happened. Yeah, she's <laughs> anyway. incredible at what she does. So uh, they're a good, uh, you know, it's hard to work together when you're a family, but they make a yeah. good team. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they are around. I know I was just at the Northwest event show and they were there. Yeah. They're still um, involved. Uh, yeah. Mike still teaches classes there, oh, okay. and uh, Virginia helps to oversee one of the uh, the rental properties for our wedding portion of the oh, catering okay. business. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So you don't have weddings there. We do at Blue Ribbon, actually. Okay. Uh, it's a multi-use space. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Um, if it's still the same, because I haven't been down for a while, but there's one large room where they teach larger classes with the big mirrors, so you can <laughs> see what's happening mm-hmm. behind the, and that is all windows right onto yeah, the water. Yeah, just big bay windows, sprawling views. It's that's amazing. That's our north room, um, and that's where we do a lot of classes in that space. Okay. Um, and in the summertime, that's where our kids' camps happen. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah let's let's talk about classes first. Sure. What it, it's a broad array. So what kind of classes can people sign up in? And one thing you mentioned a minute ago, just to clear up, is that 
uh, when people say it's a cooking school, it's not like you can enroll at North Seattle Community College right. or something. Yeah, we are not uh, an accredited cooking school, so you wouldn't come here as a formal student enrolled in a program, um, you know, in order to get into the profession, the culinary mm-hmm. profession. Um, it's really more of an event space, a team building center. Um, we do a lot of uh, open to the public cooking classes. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in just taking uh, a cooking class, mm-hmm. um, we offer one open to the public cooking class per month. Oh, okay. Um, and it's so much fun. It's not your typical class. We've really, you know, we, we've stuck with what Mike and Virginia had in mind when they created Blue Ribbon, which mm-hmm. is making it like a family. You know, everyone comes in, we have lots of food right when you get there. So you're oh, not waiting to eat until like the that. end. <laughs> um, lots of drinks, beer, wine, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then there's some time for people to mingle and get to know each other. Um, but then we get right into cooking and it's Mm -hmm. super hands-on. Um, and all of our chefs are, are not only incredible chefs, but they're great teachers. Um, and so they really help people to, it's not a demonstration class. It's really hands-on. And that your teachers are employees of Blue Ribbon, or do they just contract in, come in once a month, or or do whatever the classes they're going to do? They contract in, um, and it helps to keep Blue Ribbon kind of moving forward. I mean, we get chefs who have the ability to go and travel and, and do fun things with their career and then kind of come back and bring those goods back to us. Oh, yeah. Um, so it really helps us keep kind of growing as a company and expanding our uh, our vision. Yeah. Yeah. What are their backgrounds then? They're not obviously restaurant chefs right now or they couldn't take off like that and come back. It, are they? It um, ranges. Okay. Uh, it really does. We have chefs who are personal chefs mm-hmm. and private chefs. We have chefs who... Um, are just chef instructors who teach at other cooking schools oh, okay. throughout the area. Um, we have food bloggers who also just happen to love to teach. We have private catering company owners who, okay. you know, do Blue Ribbon on the side. Yeah. Um, we have chefs who own their own food trucks. So oh, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's a big, it's a big spread. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. So on the public classes, what are the types of classes you do? We try and switch it up. Um, we do seasonal classes uh, for the most part. So this time of year, we're looking at, you know, a lot of holiday type classes, um, autumn flavors. We do, um, a big holiday, uh, Christmas theme cooking class. Um, throughout the year we do knife skills classes. Um, in the past we've done traditional sauce classes. Uh, so, you know, we try and, we try and keep something new every single month so that people can continue to come back and, and have something new to try. Yeah. Let's talk about the kids camp because that's a really fun thing. Yeah. Our kids camp program has really taken off over the last few years. We offer it during the summer and they are uh, four-day sessions uh, throughout the week. So it's a Monday through Thursday camp. Oh, okay. Um, and it's all day long? All day. Oh, Kids wow. are there from, from 9 until 3.30. Um, mm. And... Uh, it's divided by age so that we can get, you know, kids to feel comfortable That's in the kitchen. And, um, but it starts young, as, as young as six. Wow. So six or seven, and then all the way up until 18. Um, so we mm. have kids that come in and will spend the entire summer with us. We have kids that will just come in for four days and just oh. do a week program. So each week is different because they wouldn't want to do the same thing every week. We do offer different programs. Um, mm. We have a baking camp. We have an advanced French culinary camp. We have a classic culinary camp. So as kids age out of, you know, one program, they can advance to the next. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, The end of the week is really the best part. We do a 
kids' graduation. Oh. So the kids actually get to cook and serve for their parents. Um, and all the parents and grandparents will come to the dinner. And uh, we do an etiquette portion of the class so they learn how to properly set a dining table oh, wow. and the proper way to serve. And, and I need to take that class. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. It's a good he refresher does. for all of us. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of interesting, too, because not only I think does that make it fun for everybody, but it goes back to their original concept. It's a family thing. It's sitting down and having a meal. So even with the kids' camp, you're sticking with your concept. Exactly. Yeah. It's fun to hear the feedback year to year from parents who've said, you know, my kid got up this morning and just made us breakfast. Like, oh. they completely full on just cracked the eggs. They made me an omelet. They made me crepes, whatever it was. Oh it's, it's amazing. And it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Most importantly. <laughs> now, there's another uh, program that you guys do called Cooking for a Cause, which is a really um, wonderful yet fun thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at this time of year, we see a lot of uh, a lot of groups, both private and um, corporate. Um, so a lot of companies in the area this time of year around the holidays are always looking for something where they can give back. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bring their team in, whatever size group you have. Um, we can accommodate up to 150 people for a cooking class oh, okay. at our space. Wow. Um, so we get teams anywhere from 10 to 30, 40, 50 and up. Okay. They come in. Um, and they do a cooking class, and instead of making the food that they would dine on themselves, mm-hmm. they actually create these casserole dishes, these big, large pans of kind of a one-pot meal mm-hmm. that gets donated to the um, Orion Youth Shelter that Blue Ribbon works closely with, and also Teen Feed, uh, which is another organization in the university district where we okay. donate these. And... Um, and they create these casserole dishes for these kids, and they get donated. And then we provide a catered meal oh. for them to have together as a group once they're done cooking. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, so it's fun. It's, it's still a really great team-building event, um, but they're also giving back. Yeah. I did a team-building thing one time that was a, a competition creating dishes and drinks and stuff. And it was for a, it was for Pfizer, actually. They brought a team out. And um, they all said it was the best team-building thing they ever had. So I think that this idea of team-building over cooking is a really great thing. I mean, what what are the, some of the experiences you've had and seen? Yeah, we see a lot of groups come through the doors at Blue Ribbon. And I think a lot of times um, people are apprehensive because they may not be an experienced chef. They mm-hmm. might not even cook their own yeah. food at home. Yeah. Um, and so to see them come in and really get their hands dirty... Um, is pretty gratifying. Yeah. We're always surprised with the quality of food that comes out of these groups. Really? I mean, um, you know, they have the help of chefs, mm-hmm. but they're really getting creative and thinking outside the box on what they want to create for these events. And, you know, the, the classic Iron Chef, which it sounds like is what you guys yeah. did, um, that one's definitely one of my favorite events that we do. And uh, the groups just have such a blast. I mean, they come in and they are so competitive and they're so <laughs> into it. And, um, they love the aspect of you know being pressed for time and oh, really? you know, having to use limited ingredients. It's it's like their own little reality show. Yeah, <laughs> you know the limited ingredients seems kind of good to me because you can overwhelm yourself with options. Absolutely, but the time thing would stress me. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily we give them more time than is usually needed. Uh, oftentimes groups are finished before the time is up, but um, you know it's fun to kind of remind them. Okay, guys, thirty mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta go. Right. <laughs> 
and then you get to eat. So exactly. <laughs> the sooner you finish. <laughs> um, what kind of companies come to you, corporate-wise? Who we have a huge list. Um, we see a lot of Microsoft groups. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sharing the neighborhood now with Amazon, so oh, yeah. they visit us often. Um, Boeing, Gates Foundation. Um, we get private dentist's office and, you know, oh, yeah. uh, just a, a huge, huge range of, of different companies and groups. And then we have, um, you know, families that just want to do like a family reunion and they'll come oh, yeah. in and do, you know, this team building event together. Uh, birthday parties will want to do these types yeah. of team building events. So um, we we have, you know, quite a list. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. It really goes across all boundaries, doesn't it? Everybody loves to eat. Right. So <laughs> that is the common thread. <laughs> so what else you've got, you mentioned birthday parties mm-hmm. and you do, are your holiday things mostly team building and the cooking for a cause or are there just people who still, it's like a way for friends to get together for the holidays? Yeah, we actually have quite a few people that don't even want to do a team building event. They just want to have a a big catered holiday party. Oh, okay. So um, we do a lot of private events, and part of the what Blue Ribbon has done since Vanessa has started um, is really expanded the private event side of the company. Okay. So weddings and you know big company holiday parties, mm-hmm. and um, and so we do a lot of that this time of year as well. Okay. What is Vanessa's background? Obviously, she grew up around her parents. She did. She's told me really amazing stories about um, you know kind of getting to be in the kitchen while Mike and Virginia are leading these classes with yeah. friends and, and students and um, just getting to stand up on a stool and help out oh. at the counter. Oh, wow. Um, she has, has really literally grown up in the kitchen and around food and yeah. has had the opportunity to do a lot of travel um, uh, surrounding food and try so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her, her experience comes from her passion for, yeah. for what she does. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And she's done such a good job, like you said, in expanding things. Yeah. So that's amazing, too. And then um, tell us a little more about the venue. You've got the North Room, which is a large room. We've talked about some outdoor decks, but mm-hmm. there's other rooms available. There are. So we really want people to feel like they are in a kitchen. And so um, our catering kitchens that we basically produce our events out of are also opened up for our groups that come in. So they really get to be in our walk-in coolers, in our, you know, full walk-in pantries. They get to go back into the dish pit and, uh, you know, toss dishes back there. Um, So they're really immersed in, you know, what it's like to be in an industrial kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the ingredients are available for them. Uh, We set out a pantry of of items that we know that they'll definitely need, but they have the chance to go back and kind of take a peek inside the full kitchen. So um, the venue itself is sort of a long, narrow Mm -hmm. uh, space right on the water. Um, And we've got uh, our north room, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sort of a main dining area along the center of the space mm-hmm. where we where most of our guests each get their own waterfront view through that big bay window. And then a south room where we do a lot of cooking classes, but also a lot of receptions. Okay. Um, and and then inside our interior are the, the main kitchens. Okay. Yeah. And then you cater anywhere, don't you? I mean, you'll, we do. you'll go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. We, we go um, as north as... Bellingham and as south as Olympia. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. In the in the kitchen equipment wise, do you have some of that large industrial size things like the large mixer that looks more like a washing machine? <laughs> we do. We have uh, some pretty outstanding equipment. Um, 
some of it's intimidating and we don't take it all out for these groups <laughs> uh, because they might not know what to do with themselves. But uh, as far as our catering services go, yeah, we, we have to, you know, when we have groups of three and 400 people that we're feeding, those, oh, yeah. the big guns come out. So you have like the FireX <laughs> product where you can actually cook the food in it and then hold it at temperature for a long time, yeah, things like that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we're catering off-site, um, at other spaces, and we don't have our kitchen facilities. Uh-huh. We have to be able to create the meals uh, and make them authentic and taste good. So, yeah, we we basically have to build a kitchen wherever we go if there isn't one. Wow. Uh, what about you? Said that you had um, some food truck people who come in and teach. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, food truck people are always looking for a place to prep. Do you do you offer prep services to them, like from two a.m. to six a.m. or anything like that? Yeah, we do get a lot of requests just to rent out our kitchen space, and mm-hmm. that's always something that we're happy to consider. And you know, uh, based on availability, I mean, that time that you just mentioned is usually pretty wide open. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, basically, you know, if you when when you talk about everything you guys do. You could basically be almost running it 24 hours a day yeah, down there. definitely. We yeah. actually do also have another format of cooking class, uh, since you brought it up, called the Food Truck Wars. Oh, that's right. Um, which is another Iron Chef competition-style event. Um, and groups actually have the option of having a food truck come to Blue Ribbon to serve appetizers from and then they get a tour of the truck and then they go inside and they do a competition in the style of a food truck Mm. um so that's a pretty fun format as well um we can also do it without a food truck being present and just sort of use that theme Mm -hmm. um but yeah the the food truck is a really that's taken off especially in seattle oh yeah yeah so you're right down there on Lake Union. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're going to do, like, a goose dish or a duck dish, you just go out on the patio and take a few out. How's that work out? Take a few out. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to give away our secrets on where we get our meat. <laughs> right now, Mike and Virginia and Vanessa are like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um any other thing you want to talk about that we haven't covered that you guys do or at you as director of events? Yeah, you know, I think uh, just the thing I want to let most people know is that the holidays don't have to be the only time that this cooking for a cause format that we offer oh, okay. um, is beneficial. I think the holidays, everyone wants to give back, but uh, we love when groups come in year round and do this. I think yeah. it's um, it's really an amazing program and uh, and it's something that is always in need. I was going to say kids need to eat all the time. All the so, time. Yeah. Um, and actually, because so many people do it at the holidays, if you do it other times of year, it helps them. And then you can just party at the holidays. That's right. You know, exactly. And, and yeah. have done your good deed, hopefully more than one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jill, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you for coming over. Thank you for having me. We will be right back with some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. This is Louie with the Thirsty Fish on Crown Hill, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Lenny. I live in Beacon Hill, and one of my favorite restaurants is Parasol, but it happens to be in Retton.
Hi, it's Connie with Seattle Dining, and on our November show, I'm here with Tom, Marin the publisher, and Jill Petrie from Blue Ribbon. We've hung on to Jill because she was our guest today, our guest interview, and um, she is going to give us our goodbye tip today on gadgets. Yeah, so especially around the holidays when I feel like I don't have enough oven space or <laughs> enough stovetop space. Um, my favorite home tool is uh, the Sans Air sous vide, and um, it's just a method of cooking. It's it's similar. Uh, you can compare it, I guess, to a crock pot. You know, it, it holds food at a constant temperature. Um, with this, it has a, uh, a water pump that actually keeps the water at a constant temperature. So you vacuum seal whatever it is that you're making, whether it's um, you know your mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving or your Brussels sprouts or um, even even meat, it cooks beautifully. Um, and you put it in there, you can keep it in there for 48 hours if you want. You set the temperature. So it doesn't continue to cook. I mean, once like- it reaches temperature, it keeps it at that temperature. Okay. Yeah. So with, uh, you know, cuts of meat that tend to be a little bit rougher, um, it really makes it tender. Yeah. So that's my favorite tip around the holidays for sure. Yeah, I can see that. It would be nice just to be able to open a bag and put out your perfect mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts. Yep. All right. Thank you for that tip. Thanks. Thank you so much to Jill from the Blue Ribbon Cooking School. She's getting up right now and making her way out the door because she just got an emergency phone call about somebody said it was open season for ducks down (laughs) on Lake Union, and there's a kind of a problem going on, I guess. I don't know. Apparently, you're not supposed to actually kill those ones. I don't Uh, know. They're small. You know, I guess you'd call them squab, wouldn't you? <laughs> Waterfowl. <laughs> okay, so uh, I got uh, a tip for in the kitchen. And uh, I'm probably going to sound like an idiot single guy who uh, is maybe just getting into college here when I bring this up. But uh, food waste, obviously, it's a problem. And uh, we have to live with it. Uh, my problem is that... I'll go out and, for instance, I'll go buy a package of hot dogs. And, you know, I buy my organic beef hot dogs, and they're not cheap. And I'll throw them in the meat drawer in the the refrigerator. And then a month later, I'll end up tossing four or five slimy ones out. And uh, I know, I know, I'm evolving. (laughs) I got the hot dogs this time, and I took two of them out and put them in the meat case, and the other ones are in the freezer, and I'll just keep rotating them in to the meat case. Um, but uh, don't forget you have a freezer. Yeah. And when you're shopping, that's the time to think about, am I going to use this all up? What's going to happen with it? What do I need to be planning to do beforehand? Like, you know, you buy a loaf of bread. Uh, maybe you're not going to eat that whole loaf of bread. So take half that thing and put it in a freezer. Yeah. And you get a you get a couple months in there before it starts to dehydrate it. And out. things freeze better than they used to. I know that um, I like the Grand Central Bakery bread, mm-hmm. and that stuff freezes really well. Oh, good because I got yeah. a half a loaf of that in my fridge in my freezer right now. Oh, excellent! From when we had the cheese yeah. fondue. Oh, that Yum. was just excellent. Well, I have kind of an odd one for going out too, and this is just kind of a funny story. We were at restaurant A. And uh, I was my my mom was with us, who's ninety now, and uh, not as steady on her feet as you know you'd like, as certainly as she'd like. And we were in using the restroom, and she came out of 
the stall and was not so steady, put her hand up on the door frame of the stall, and the door came slamming down on her hand. Went bang. Really hard. And she just had some minor surgery on her hand, so, you know, that caused a little bleeding, and then, of course, she bruised up, and it was By the way, this one, we won't tell you the name of the restaurant on our Facebook page. Ever, 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 because they were, I, I didn't even tell them until a week after it happened. But I just thought, you know, I should let them know, because those doors really shut quickly once you're through them, once you've pushed them aside to get out. Yeah. They slam shut and you know what that can be fixed and if nobody ever says anything and it's amazing how most people don't say anything yeah yeah exactly and in fact they said that to me you know nobody's ever said this to us before and it's like well it been happens. going on for a week now at least. Yeah. <laughs> at least and i'm thinking you know not only 90 year olds but if you have a little kid man you could break a finger with something like that a little tiny kid yeah so it's just my whole uh eating out tip is don't don't just say something about the food or the beverage or the service. If there's something else going on in the restaurant, let them know because maybe they're not aware of it because they're not in and out of that restroom all the time. So, yeah. or you know, slipping on that floor mat or you know whatever. So, um, help them. Speak up. Help them help you. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Maguire couldn't help myself. All right. All right. So it is time to wrap up. This is the end of our November show. Thanks for joining us. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. And we want you to dine well. We want you to dine safe. And we want you to dine often. And please don't cook like my mother. Please don't cook like Tom's mother. See you next month. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.